Yeah, so like Pastor Dave said, my name is Patrick. And, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll introduce myself a little bit before we start and whatnot. I'm very excited to, uh, to really to share with you today. Um, it's uh, very, I'm, I'm very encouraged by how much love is in this church. All those testimonies of your interactions with people, just, oh, have you heard about Jesus? You know, left and right, have you heard about Jesus? People talking about their Savior from, you know, a boss who just lost their job to strangers, to people in the cafe, old friends or whatnot. It's just very encouraging. Um, you know, I, I am your brother in Christ. I love Jesus Christ. You know, so this is the family of God, and I'm just so, uh, I'm so honored to be here. I'll tell you a little bit about myself, but then we're going to dig right into the Word. Who has a Bible here today? Because we're going to be flipping through that Bible a lot today, okay? So uh, just be ready for that. That's just a forewarning. But really, um, we are, uh, here I am, I'm Patrick, and I'm from Teen Challenge. I do do minister there. Um, I live in Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, A little background to that. God called me and my family to leave Connecticut. was it in the end of September, beginning of October? All right. If you were to ask me, even in August last year, where would you be? Oh, I was a youth pastor at my church in uh, Calvary Chapel in Uncasville, Connecticut. Um, I was a preloader at UPS. Uh, I worked on pianos and taught, and I was just busy. I have a beautiful family. I have a wife and two children. Just a busy life, yeah. I was not thinking that I'd be ministering at a woman's home in Providence, Rhode Island. But God had other plans. Um, long story short, my in-laws were involved with that ministry, and I ended up just being there to volunteer because they were really praying for someone for two years. They're praying for someone to fill this role of a choir director to you know, kind of help with that choir and work with churches and whatnot. Um, They've been around for 25 years. This year, they're celebrating 25 years Teen Challenges. Not once have they ever hired a guy. Not one time. It's a big ordeal. If you knew my director, Deb, she was not having it. Even when I emailed, I said, you know, she was like, are you out of your mind? I'm sorry, but you're a guy. This isn't going to work. But God had other plans. He really did. Um, it was two months after going there every Wednesday and volunteering and serving in that capacity for the women there that uh, I met with the director, and she said, oh, okay, can you, do you think you could come here full-time and start full-time ministry here at the woman's home? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. Just got to figure out how to buy a house and whatnot. That evening, as I'm putting my daughter into the house at my in-law's house, uh, into the car, uh, across the street, guys holding a carpet, a rug. I'm like, are you selling this house? He said, yeah, we're going to put it on the market soon. That night, somehow he gets a hold of me and says, hey, really feel like we need to not put this on the market before you and your wife's come and see it. It was a fixer-upper, but it was perfect. And really, God just got me and my family on track to get to Rhode Island. It was pretty phenomenal. So, um, and I, I would like to say that that was a first time, but God has proven himself very faithful in my life over and over and over again. And that is why I'm so excited to share this message with you. I think it will resonate well here today because you are people who love, who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Um, and again, thank you so much. So if you could flip with me to Mark chapter 12. We're going to be in a story. We're going to be in this specific part in Scripture when Jesus is in Jerusalem. Okay? 
just about the day before Jesus went into the temple where they were selling and they were making merchandise of the people and he overturned the table and he drove out the money exchangers. That's the kind of the context that's going on right now. All right, And here we have Jesus, and he's being challenged by the Pharisees, by the Sadducees, and by the scribes. And there's a scribe I really want us to focus on today. The title of today's message is, Not Far From the Kingdom of God. Because this part of Scripture is phenomenal to me. I, I find it to be phenomenal. And I want to draw some things out of it that uh, really, uh, you know, I, I think that would be a good thing for us to go through today. Um, but first, before we do anything, I do want to pray. Is that cool? So, Lord, thank you so much for today. Jesus, um, thank you so much, God, that we got to gather together in remembrance of what you did for us on the cross. Thank you that we were able to take of, uh, Lord, the bread and the, uh, the juice, Lord, and that we were able to, uh, God, we were able to remember you, we were able to worship you. Thank you for the opportunity that we have now, Lord, to be the light of the world. You said that we are the light of the world. God, I, I pray that, uh, that we would be encouraged, Lord, if there are some in here who are not far from the kingdom of God, but who are not in, Lord, I pray that you would draw them in by your spirit, Lord. I pray for those who are around us, God, Lord, that you would, those who are not far, that you would use us, your children and your servants, to bring them into the kingdom of God. Thank you so much that you are with us. And uh, we praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I'm going to be in chapter 12 of Mark. We're starting in verse 28. Okay, this is going to be a, a chunk of scripture right here where there's, this is a story of a scribe who's coming, hearing all this reasoning together. You know, if you've read the Gospels over and over, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, they're constantly trying to... Trip Jesus up in his words, in his doctrine. They're just trying to point, find some fault in the faultless Lamb of God. It's not going to happen, but they try. And this scribe comes to Jesus. He sees him. He's heard them reasoning together, the Pharisees and the Sadducees with Jesus. I'm in verse 28. All right. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he's answered them well, asked him, what is the first commandment of all? I want to just stop right there really quick. What I have the impression of right now from this man is that he is asking an honest question. He's actually curious. What is the first? He sees that these are good answers that Jesus has given. And now, I don't think he's coming with this, I'm trying to trip you up. Maybe he does have that. The heart is deceptively wicked. You know, he might be having that angle. He might be on the team that's against Jesus. But right now, this, how the story unfolds, I, I, I have some questions about this man. I wish I, I wish I could talk to him. But we have this here. In verse 29, Jesus answered that question. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, Well, master, you have said, you have said the truth. For there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all the whole bull burnt offerings and sacrifices. 
And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that dared to ask him any more questions. All right. But that statement from Jesus, the man answered him discreetly, You are not far from the kingdom of God. That's kind of a fascinating statement from Jesus for me. Because this man asks a question, Jesus answers. And this guy gives good feedback. He pretty much just repeats Jesus' answer back to him and says, that makes sense. It makes sense. This is a truth. There is one God and there's none other but He. And to love Him with all your heart, with everything that you have, and to love your neighbor as yourself, it's better than all of the traditions. It's better than all of the things that we manifest that are seen of men. What this man is really saying is what God sees is greater than what man sees in this part. And Jesus is saying to him discreetly, you are not far from the kingdom of God. So I want to talk a bit, because when we were talking, we were, we were meeting at, in, at Panera Bread. Um, we talked about people. We talked about evangelism. Why do we do what we do? Why do we go out and serve the community? Is it just to bless people? Is it to kind of boost ourselves up? Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, so I'm going to do it. Or is it the reason that we go out to people and we, we bless others without looking for anything else in return is that we might be seen of God, that we might be used of God to bring lost people in to the kingdom because that Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. And we, being the church, I love that. Welcome to church. You're the church. More like welcome church. Welcome to this nice building that we have. This is a nice building, by the way. But really, welcome church. You are the light of the world. And we're going to talk about that a little more. So Jesus is in Jerusalem. The day before, he overthrew those tables. Like People are seeing who he is. And this scribe right now is being awakened to the gospel. That is happening right now. Jesus saying, you are not far from the kingdom of God. This man's eyes are being opened to the gospel right now. His eyes are being opened to the power of God, to the kingdom of God. Because Jesus is saying, you are not far. What's keeping this guy back? I wonder. Because Jesus didn't say, you're in. Oh, sweet, you are in. This guy is talking. But there's a little doing that he has to do also. And I'm not saying salvation by works, but I mean entering in by faith in Christ. I'm very encouraged by this story because when at Pentecost, when Peter is preaching and thousands are added, and he even comments in the scripture that like many of the scribes and Pharisees came to faith, I'm very encouraged by this man. Because this guy's in Jerusalem, the temple in Jerusalem. I, I just, I think I'm going to talk to him in heaven someday. I do think that. You know, that's not, we don't know his name. So where scripture is silent, we need to be silent, yeah? That's, what, that's where I'm at. But this guy is not far. And, you know, I don't think Jesus would say that in vain. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm very encouraged that this guy, maybe, maybe he reverted back. Maybe he was afraid to answer anymore and just went back with those Pharisees and Sadducees to kind of think things over. But, and I'm encouraged because he is not far from the kingdom of God. God has people around us in this area who are not far from the kingdom of God. He does. He does. 
So that's what I really want to go in today. I want to talk about that greatest commandment that Jesus was talking about right here, to love the Lord your God with everything you got and to love your neighbor as yourself. All right, That's what I want to focus on. And then with that, also that perspective in our head of, you know, who are those who are not far from the kingdom? Who are those who are far? Because I'll tell you, you know, I will say a teen challenge. There are those who you would think are so far from the kingdom of God, living in abandoned buildings, overdosing in a tent by a lake. But God has a way of calling his sheep, and his sheep have a way of hearing his voice and responding. And we are the light of the world. Jesus says that we're going to get into that a little more, okay? But if you can, if you got your Bible now, because it's time to flip around Scripture, I am going to Ephesians 2, all right? I'm just going to keep on going for time's sake because there's a lot of Scripture I want to go in. But I want to try and tie a lot of things. So Lord, please bless, God, the words that come out of my mouth as we weave your Scripture together, Lord, as we want to hear what, you want, what you're saying to us, Lord, through your Word. God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for us. God, uh, just speak right now in Jesus' name. So I'm in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm in the first five verses. And this is Paul writing, and he says this, And you has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for the great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Going back to that man in the story, you might want to label him as a seeker. I wouldn't necessarily say that. What I would say is he is dead in his trespasses and sin because he is not in the kingdom of light. All of us have been in that, in that place where we have been dead in our trespasses and sin. But God has brought us out. In His great love and mercy, Jesus has made a way for us to be out of that. To, to be out of that way of death. Okay, He's quickened us together with Christ. So I just want, I want to just talk about this man who's, you know, he's kind of like having a, this kind of aha moment where his eyes are being opened, saying, you know, God is really, this guy is saying what's true, and everything else I know is wrong. Because when we, when we live in this world, I'm trying to t- relate this to people who don't know Christ, we believe the imaginations of our mind. That's what we do. But that thinking is dead. And we can be quickened together in Christ from death. If you flip to Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1 verse 20. It starts with this. For the invisible things of Him, that's of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even His eternal power and Godhead. So that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations, and and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, 
And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So, you might be a little confused. What You're tying these scriptures together. I don't really, maybe you're not following. But what I'm saying right now is that this scribe who is well-versed, he's like a biblical scholar. He knows the law. The scribes were the people who would write the law. They were the ones who would interpret the law. They had teachings. They would quote each other's teachings all the time. That was the scribes right here. With the word of God even in their minds and having probably entire sections of scriptures memorized and being able to say it verbally, this man's heart was still darkened. And I want to give a couple things to this church today when we're preaching, just talking about our heart, your heart and my heart is possible to be darkened, to follow after our imaginations. Right here, they knew God and they glorified Him not as God. And I do want to ask kind of a hard question and just reflect on it yourself. Do you know God? And do you not glorify him as God? These people raise up idols. When you're dead in your trespasses and sin, everything, you have an idol. That's very clear in scripture that everything that you build around you, you have an idol. We are idolaters at heart when we're separated and dead in our sin, separated from Christ. But right here, it's saying that the invisible things of creation of the world are clearly seen. That even though this scribe right here, he knew everything about Scripture. You know, he knew all the Bible and stuff like that. His heart was still darkened because he was dead in his trespasses and sin. So, in here, what we're talking about is that when it comes to glorifying God... What is it that glorifies it? Is, it? is it glorifying him with our intellect, with our, you know, with our strength, or is it with our honesty? So, with that, Jesus, when he's talking to this man, he says to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. So, I apologize, actually. I'm, I'm getting a little lost in my notes. Um, so, what I'm really trying to say is that though, uh, though there are people around us who are lost and dying, in their sins and are dead in their trespasses and sin, God is, a, God is trying to bring them to himself through us. That is what he's trying to do. I'm trying to bring it down now a little bit. Okay, because that's really when we were talking, we were talking about urgency, and I wanted to sort of talk about urgency today of how God really has us in place to save people from eternal torment. And that's really my heart in ministry. So going in Scripture and taking it apart and, and reading this passage and that passage and whatnot, I just, we're here to spread the gospel of Christ to people. 
uses us. In Romans 1.16, it says, I am, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. Last week, you guys were reading about Cornelius. You know, we were talking about those Gentiles coming in um, into the faith, into the family of God. That's a big deal. For therein the righteousness of God revealed from faith the faith that is written, the just shall live by faith. I would just I want to speak of the urgency of of the message of of the gospel today. When we're out and about and we're around people, sometimes we can we can try to be very strategic with those that we want to reach out to. We want to do it the right way. Don't you ever feel like that when there's someone in your life who really maybe you're the only light to that person, but even though you're the only light to that person, you feel like you can mess it up. You know, you're afraid to talk to someone because you're afraid you're going to mess it up. Like, I'll be honest with you. I'm even afraid to talk to you people. Like I am. You know, there's, there's fear there. But we haven't received the spirit of fear, okay? But the spirit of adoption. We are children of God. The thing is, I, what I'm really trying to say right now, okay, and I'll bring it, bring it back a bit, okay, is Jesus, when he was about, everyone saw his works, and they, this man recognized. See, out of envy, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, were, they were just trying to like, see the con in Jesus, or just trying to bring him down to lift themselves up. But this guy finally humbled himself and became honest. And really came to Christ and said, you know, well, what is the answer to this question that I have? You know, around us are people who need to hear about Jesus Christ more than anything else that we have to offer. And we can do things like nice things like giving gifts and, and blessing people. We are supposed to do that. But it's out of this motivation that we are bringing them into the knowledge of Christ that they can be saved. Okay, um, in Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter uh, three. Sorry, Colossians chapter three. It says, "If you be risen with with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, and not on things on the earth." For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, our life, shall appear, then you shall also appear with him in glory. You know, we are to set our mind on things above, to be looking at Christ. So, like, when we're around people and we're afraid to talk to them, or we're afraid, like, oh, man, this isn't the time. We're kind of doing this selective thing. When, trees, when Jesus said that we are the light of the world, he says it right here, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its savor, um, where shall it be salted? It is good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I've come to destroy the law or prophets, but not to come to destroy, but to fulfill. 
as Christians, sometimes when we read a verse like that, I'm the light of the world, you are the light of the world, that's Jesus talking to his disciples, we kind of treat ourselves like, like a spotlight or something like that, okay? A light shouldn't be hidden at all. It should be put on a stand. It shouldn't have anything around it, right? Like light. Imagine how stressed out, if light could think, if a light bulb could think and it was thinking, I want to only put light here. It it can't. A light is a light. The only times a light has a shadow is when there's something set up that's blocking the light from something else. So as Christians, we're not spotlights. We're not spotlights. That is how we operate, though, a lot of the times with people where we're trying to make these things in place so that we can really focus and do a good job at being a light. But what God is saying, let your light so shine. It's not about this person I have on this list I need to tell about Christ, this person I have on my list, this person on my list. I need to be obsessed with the things of God. I need to constantly be seeking and putting my mind on things above and not on things on this earth. Let me be a light, God. Use me so that when people, anyone who sees me can glorify the Father in heaven. This man sees Jesus Christ. He sees Jesus Christ and, you know, he is captivated by, you know, he's being honest with himself, and he's asking this question to him. So, so, as us, you know, a lot of the times it's very awkward to be a light for Christ when we're trying, we're trying to hide it here at work or on the phone or at school or something like that. We're, we're trying to hide it here, and then we're trying to shine it here, or maybe... We want to follow Christ, and I'll talk to married couples right now, but maybe, maybe this husband wants to follow Christ and be a light. But wife, you squish that light right out, because you're like, I see you when you're angry. You know what I mean? I see you like you're trying to be a light, but I know who you are. That's, that, that makes me fear and puts up my light. Or me as a husband, right? As husbands, like our, our wives, you know, they're being a light. We have no part of it. Like, that's the church, the work of the church. That's why we gather together in Jesus' name, so we can make the light of Christ shine, this place being a beacon of hope to this lost world. Many are going to pass by. Many are going to be passing by your efforts. It is very inconvenient to be a light for Christ. Very inconvenient for you. All right? Um, There's a story I wanted to go into, which was the the story of the, um, the Good Samaritan. But... We're not going to go there today. But what I do want to say is that in the story of the Good Samaritan, this guy was going, he was beaten, he was left half dead. And his countrymen came and did nothing. A Levite came, did nothing. But a Samaritan who was a stranger to this man, there's definitely no relationship there. A stranger came and he did many things. Actually, let me just get there real quick. There's some things that this guy did. Okay, when a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where this man who was beaten was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He went to him. He bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. He set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. That Samaritan was very inconvenienced. He was. When we, Jesus said these two things are the greatest, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with everything that you have with your mind, with your strength, with your soul. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus was saying love your neighbor as yourself, he was really saying put yourself aside. Put yourself aside. I do not want to do that naturally. I don't want to do that. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 20, he says, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they are great that exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great, let him among you be your minister. And whosoever shall be chief among you, let him be a servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So, what I'm trying to say is let your light shine, be a light for Christ, and say no to other things that are really putting up that blinder. Really, maybe you're using it as your kind of excuse to, to put a focus on it, right? To put a focus on, you know, I, this is how I'm going to evangelize. Jesus is actually just calling you to be blatant Christian all the time. And that is going to... If you're a blatant Christian all the time, I can guarantee you that promotions might not come your way the same as they would. Uh, if you're a blatant Christian all the time, you're going you're gonna to have times when you need to make a decision where you would normally do this thing normal because no one sees that I'm a Christian. No one knows I'm a Christian because I don't talk about it, so I can do this thing. But now if everyone knows I'm a Christian, there's this thing that I can't do because I'm going to make people stumble. So with us being a light, being the light, if you are a light that's just set on a lamp that's right there, there are people right now who are near the kingdom of God who are not in the kingdom of God, who are going to be damned to eternity in hell. Christ has put you in a strategic place to be a light to those people. I, I am actually, I do think of this sometimes of, how many times I've already not been a light to those who needed it. I, I'm, I don't want to be, it's very real reality though. I want to be fully ready, ready for the master's work. I want to just be his light. I want to be his hands and his feet. But I need to be obedient. So this guy who's not far from the kingdom of heaven, it's really not that it's that statement right there that just fascinates me because there are people around us, people who are close to us and people who are not close to us who really need to hear about Christ. And when they see your good works, they'll glorify the Father in heaven. If they're his children, he's going to use you to bring them to him. If they're his sheep. Because like that's one thing. Have you ever thought of that? When Jesus said the sheep and the goats, the sheep will be on my right hand, the goats on my left hand. What happens when I come to Christ? Am I a goat that turns into a sheep? No, not at all. God knows his sheep and his sheep hear his voice. All right? And God is using us as his mouthpiece to really proclaim his truth, his freedom. So I, I just, uh, a little all over the place. But really, I, I guess I just want to encourage this church that you guys are going out I just love that. I'm very encouraged to see that you guys are going out and you're telling people about Christ and that you, you like, you sow into ministries, the prison ministry, all right? You support people. You support the ladies. You support the women who I get to work with every single day. I am so grateful for that. Like, man, 
there's so much love in this church, which is amazing. But in your own life, please, maybe you need to examine your heart and take off anything that's blocking light. Those, I would call those idols. It might be something that's really just distracting your attention from God. Like, you know, it might be a TV show that you shouldn't be watching that you watch. You know what I mean? Like, being a light for God and keeping yourself unspotted from the world, that we really, really need to say no to some things and yes to Christ. And He's going to fulfill every single thing that we need. All of our needs, He's going to fulfill. But I, I just... Uh, I just want to encourage you guys that, you know, don't be as strategic. Be blatant. Be light all the time. All the time. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He didn't say you and the sun. Because he's talking about, and when I say sun, I mean like the actual sun. You know, the, the, the one in space, right? Okay. The, he didn't, he wasn't talking about light. He was talking about spiritual darkness. Jesus even said in that part in Matthew, um, a little further in chapter 6, he says, If your eye be evil, your whole body shall be filled with darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So I just, I want to encourage you, and maybe, are we going to sing another song? Like, if you don't get anything from this, there are people near you who God wants to use you to reach them. And that is more important than anything you've got going on. It is. It's the work of God. And it's out of love for people. It's not out of this, oh, obligation. Oh, man, now I have to do this. And it's out of love. That's loving your neighbor as yourself. And you, we can't do this by ourselves. We need to be a new creation. Because I am so selfish. I want all the idols and I want to make my own darkness. Isn't that so interesting? If the light that's in you is darkness, that's not even a possibility. But I can, in the imagination of my heart, make false light, which is actually darkness. I want the light of God, which is outside of me, to enter into my life. And I want to be obedient to the call. I want to love the Lord my God with everything I have. And I want to love my neighbor as myself. I, want, I am a pilgrim and a sojourner in this earth. I want to go home and be told, well done. I want to bring people with me. I want to see people, instead of going to hell, come to heaven and actually talk to them more. Maybe I'll only know them a little bit and lead them to the Lord, plant a seed, and they'll go plugged into some church somewhere and, you know what I mean, grow in the Lord. But in heaven, I'll see them again. Like, that is... That's more important than anything we got going on. And if it takes us uh, missing out on some opportunities or some entertainment or, you know, security, let Christ be your refuge. So could the band come up and we'll, we'll close up? Um, I just really want to encourage you. Just uh, if, you, if, you need, uh, if you really need to come to the Lord, Today, this morning, and you need to say, God, you know, you are true. You are God. There is only one, one God, and that's you. And if you want to come and, I don't know, ask Him to, to just like come into your life a little more. If you want to 
just repent from living for yourself and turn to Him, I really encourage you in this time to just walk, walk out of faith. And maybe, maybe there's some idols you just need to push over and say, God, I, I surrender these to you and walk in faith to Him uh, today and, and come close to Him. Um, you know, if you're, if you're not far from the kingdom of heaven and you haven't entered in, I beg you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. If that's, if that's you, if you know that you're on the outside and you have not entered in, I really, I beg you to come and consider Jesus Christ as your Savior to say, Lord, I will walk in. If you have people in your life who need to come into the kingdom of heaven, man, pray for those people. Labor for those people. It's worth it very worth it. Um, Jesus, thank you so much. God, as we close and worship to you, Lord, that that, uh, God, that we would just um, we would just love you, Lord, um, with the love that you've loved us with, God, that uh, we, would, uh, we would abide in your love. Jesus, I do thank you that, uh, God, you are faithful and you will also do it and you've called us, God. So, Lord, as we sing your praise, um, Lord, uh, God, that we would leave here, God, encouraged. We would leave here uh, in full assurance, Lord, that you will use us, God, and that we would, uh, we would leave the idols behind here, Lord. We would leave them behind and that we would be a blatant light for you everywhere we go and that people would just have to get used to it, Lord, and we would have to get used to it also. So, in Jesus' name.